it can be really hard to take that long-term view when you're in the thick of it, you're in that eye of the storm. But finding your long-term role as a key component in the healthcare network at the moment will be key to understanding how your business's long-term vision can actually affect your short-term everyday business activities. And so once you understand what your long-term vision is, then you can look at how you're going to get there. Hi, I'm Chris Dealey Rigby, Pharmacy Programs and Services Manager with Pharmacy Platform. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. All too often, business owners get so busy in the day-to-day adrenaline of running their business, especially during the pandemic, that they forget to take the time to step back and take stock. The COVID response has significantly impacted pharmacy operations and often owners and their teams are having to scramble to make changes to procedures and processes daily. Today, we talk with Christy Lee Rigby, Pharmacy Programs and Services Manager with Pharmacy Platform about how pharmacies can take steps to plan and prepare their businesses for the year ahead. We explore ways in which pharmacies can prepare for an expansion of scope and implement structures to their business operations to capitalise on future opportunities. Here's Christy Lee. Thanks for joining us, Christy Lee. As I mentioned in the introduction, we thought we might take a little bit of a breath from all the COVID news and focus and and take some time to instead focus on the business planning and setting ourselves up for the year for 2022 with much of community pharmacies attention focused on the COVID vaccination rollout. It's extremely important work and the response that they have to give in that environment. What are some of the BAU, the business as usual activities that pharmacies Maybe they're overlooking at this time and it'd be great if you could let us know what sort of strategies can they put into place to ensure that they're keeping on top of those things. Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the extremely hard work that the pharmacists and their staff have been undertaking right now and over the past two years. So as they're taking a breath, I think that's exactly what community pharmacy needs to do at the moment is to take a breath. And, um, yeah, it'd be silly to say that... um, I, I don't understand what's happening at the moment. Um, working in pharmacy at the moment, and yeah, it, it's tough being on the front line, as they say, um, at the moment. So, the first step would be to put some steps in place to keep yourselves and your staff healthy and engaged. So, this will inv- avoid burnout and allow the owners the time to work on their business rather than in their businesses. And so, this might be as simple as reinforcing the need for actually taking breaks. Um, the pharmacists, are, there's a bit of a culture that we, it's a badge of honour that we wear when we're, um, say we're doing 12-hour shifts, no breaks, we don't go to the toilet and that sort of thing. I, I, I've been in that position. But it is really important that the, the way that we're practising at the moment, it, it's not sustainable. And so also thinking about not overbooking for your vaccination clinics, maybe moving to just clinic sessions instead of walk-ins. And in some extreme cases, you may even need to look at potentially reducing trading hours. And some of the owners on the listening to this podcast might be freaking out at the thought of that. Um, But these are things that we now have to look at being in 
the pandemic that we're in, or it might even be as simple as I, I know some pharmacies in especially some rural areas, they're implementing an, an hour of recovery session in the middle of the day and they're communicating that to their customers saying that it's in the interest of the health and well-being of their staff that they'll take this one hour recovery session. Of course, there's no one size approach, and but we are in a pandemic and we need to sometimes implement these extreme measures to cope as the business model that we're currently operating in is not sustainable. I, I don't know how we've done it for the past two years, but we've done it. Um, but unfortunately, I think we've now hit that peak and we are seeing people starting to leave the profession because of this, which is quite sad. And so back to your original question, I will get to the question. What businesses' usual activities are they overlooking? Well, I think they're overlooking all of them at the moment. Pharmacies and pharmacists can't see past the end of their nose at the moment. They're just trying to survive the day, which I completely understand. And when you're in the pharmacy, you're in the thick of it. All that matters is that customer in front of you. But by implementing some of the strategies that I mentioned earlier, this will allow you and your team to thrive or at least take that little bit of a step back and breathe. Um, and this, this way you'll be able to have the time and energy to focus on reviewing your business as usual activities. So that could be things like reviewing your business plan, even reintroducing staff meetings. So I know that some pharmacies have actually stopped any form of staff meetings, which at this point in time, communication is really important for your team. And so if you, if you are undergoing any changes to your business, you need to involve the team and have regular staff catch-ups and communicate with them. Another thing that's really important that pharmacies are probably not doing at the moment because they don't have the time is their regular reporting and benchmarking. So utilising the data that you have available to identify what areas have been your strengths during the pandemic um, and more importantly, being open and honest about where your weaknesses have been. It's really important to be objective and by benchmarking your results with the industry by using things like retail and consumer reports from McKinsey, KPMG, utilising the Guild member reports and tools like the Guild Digest and the Opportunity Analysis tool can be really handy um, to provide you with that benchmarking activity and to see what's happening in the marketplace at the moment. And once you've identified those strengths and weaknesses, then you can focus on how we're actually going to change and move forward. And I think in today's environment, the two key areas to focus your energy on at the moment is technology and talent. So if they're two words, you don't think of anything else at the end of this podcast, just technology and talent, ensuring that you're looking after your talent, uh, which is your staff and your pharmacists, and yeah, thinking about embracing technology in a way um, that your consumers or customers or patients are actually using technology. I do love that focus, technology and talent, but I also love that phrasing that you used earlier on about working on the business as opposed to in the business. I've always loved that saying. I think it always gives us a bit of a, a chance to pause and think about where we're focusing our day-to-day -day efforts. I feel like my next question is a very leading question, but I think it is important to ask it and talk about it. And that is that given the scale of impact on the economy that we've seen over the last, say, 24 months, how important is it, do you think, for pharmacy owners in the current economic climate to be on top of their business management? 
it's very important. And at the moment, there's I, I see three types of people, three types of um, business owners or business management. The first group of people are those that they believe that we are actually still going to go back to normal, that this two years um, is not normal and we will go back to a pre-COVID life. Um, the second group of people are those that are still riding out this disruption. Um, this is COVID, but when it's all over, um, then we'll think about implementing change and thinking about the future of our business. But then third, the third group of people are those that are acknowledging that life as we know it before COVID, that's no longer an option. Even where we were two years ago or a year ago during COVID has changed. We're not going back to the, the way that was. Um, and we need to be actively and continuously re reviewing our business models to understand what our customers and patients wants and needs are. Because at the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves as business managers or business owners, what business are we in? Are we in the business of health? And with health, it's a really great business to be in. It's, you get so much satisfaction from it. Um, but it can be really hard to take that long-term view when you're in, in the thick of it, you're in that eye of the storm. But finding your long-term role as a key component in the health network at the moment will be key to understanding how your business's long-term vision can actually affect your short-term um, everyday business activities. And so once you understand what your long-term vision is, then you can look at how you're going to get there. You mentioned that a lot of pharmacists can't see past the end of their nose because they are so busy at the moment. But in all seriousness, I guess it must be quite difficult for some pharmacy owners and their teams to to actually see beyond COVID at this point. But as we start to move through the peak of the pandemic, what are some of the growth areas that you see that will be the key to business success as we move forward? I think the number one growth pathway that is the key to success in the future of how we relate to customers and patients in the pharmacy setting is embracing digital technology and enablement. So the shifting consumer behaviour at the moment during the COVID pandemic over the past two, two and a half years, more and more people are moving to shopping via e-commerce platforms, online delivery services, um, and as usual, pharmacy is sort of still lagging behind in these areas. And whilst there absolutely is still a need for the bricks and mortar of pharmacies, uh, we need to embrace the omnichannel network. So learning from the retail industry um, and those other retailers in other industries that are bridging that gap to online and in-store um, experiences um and seeing what they're doing well seeing what they're not doing well and then catering for the changing needs and wants of of our customers and patients but not only thinking about digital enablement from a customer or patient point of view and how they interact with your pharmacy embracing technology to streamline your pharmacy operations so um, I've, I'm still hearing of some pharmacies that are still using pen and paper to record all their um, COVID vaccination clinics, which sounds crazy. They're still taking, um, they're only using phone, phone orders and 
like in this time and age, the remuneration is pretty low, let's be honest, about COVID vaccines and it's just not sustainable. So we need to streamline as much of the administrative processes as possible in the pharmacy. And there's a lot of different plays in the marketplace now. So you can get your electronic DD books. There's platforms like Buy It Right and others that um, automate the whole ordering process. So you don't have to walk around with a pen and paper anymore, <laughs> writing down the order. Um, and even things now, there's so many third-party delivery apps that pharmacies could be utilising um, and thinking about other digital ways that a customer can find your pharmacy as well. So, yeah, things like Health Engine and or Hot Dog or other platforms like that, that's how new customers can find you. And when I say digital enablement, sometimes it might sound like, oh, AI and virtual reality and it's too expensive or my customers don't want it. But it doesn't have to be complicated. It could just be as simple as recording a message for when customers call your pharmacy to let them know maybe press one to order a script, press two to speak to a pharmacist or press three to find out our opening hours. Like thinking about all those, I guess, time-wasting questions that you get and trying to automate that process that way and utilising technology as that way to enable better patient outcomes. And secondly, I do just want to mention the community health hubs as well. Um, so to a varying degree, many community pharmacies already utilise other allied health professionals in their pharmacies, like diabetes educators or nurses and that type of thing. And when the pharmacists are looking at the future of their business, thinking about what other healthcare professionals could be working either within um, or maybe online versions of their pharmacy, and enabling that sort of holistic health solutions-based approach. So, for example, it could be even something as simple as not getting the pharmacist to implement all, any new services. So pharmacists have enough stuff they need to, to deal with. Um, I know we like getting out of the dispensary and doing things like wound care and, and things like that and vaccinations, but um, it just may not be yeah, it just might not be financially sustainable and also this might not be physically or emotionally. <laughs> um, at, like the pharmacist can't take on that much work. So utilising people like nurse, the nurse immunisation workforce to provide vaccination clinics. So, um, yeah, thinking about utilising other workforce or other people in your business as well. And... If you have a think about what types of health services you want to provide in the future, it's a bit hard at the moment because we are focusing on COVID vaccines. But even if you just focus on vaccines, so patients and customers and consumers, whatever you want to call them, they know that pharmacies is a place where they can go and get their vaccines. And so I think gone are the days where vaccinations was a, and, and add-on service um, that pharmacies could provide. It's now a, a core service that our customers expect. And so if you're not in that space, then again, you're lagging behind. And so thinking about what, how we're going to sustain this level of vaccination services into the future um, and what things they need to implement to allow that to continue at a sustainable level. So, um, 
and these considerations do um, need you need to think about what type of capital you have to be able to spend on maybe redesigning workspaces or rene renegotiating commercial leases, um, that type of thing. So it, it is a, a big decision to um, yeah to consider. But you do need to be thinking about it now um, because I've heard of some pharmacies that are just putting up makeshift um, clinic rooms up in their pharmacy or just a couple of barriers or something like that just to get through the COVID period. But the COVID period is here to stay for a number of years and we need to consider that when we're reimagining the future of pharmacy. So I think changing the mindset that these efforts aren't a cost centre, thinking of them more as an investment. And I've heard a concept, um, ROI or return on investment, but the I can sometimes stand for ignorance. And so what's the return on ignorance? If we don't do this now, what is the long-term opportunity cost if we don't move in that new direction? And so it might be hard to think about it now, but it may cost you a lot of money in the future if you don't consider these areas. I love that return on ignorance because I love to ask people when they put things off, I like to say to them, if not now, when? When are you planning to, to do this? And, and I love your advice around tech efficiency and I've got a great example because I have a Webster pack that I have to pick up from my local pharmacy each month, but each month I get a letter sent in the post with an account printout an envelope, a stamps put on it. Somebody has printed that out. They've folded it into thirds. They've put it in the envelope. They've sealed the envelope. They put a stamp on it. Maybe they have to take it down to the post office. It just seems crazy because it's, it's so manual and it's a cost for something that myself, the customer, the patient, I don't need it. I don't want it. I haven't asked for it. And I cannot for the life of me understand why it isn't just emailed to me because I literally open it screw it up, throw it in the bin and roll my eyes. So I love your advice around looking for tech efficiencies because not only do they just make you more efficient in terms of, of time and how you might deal with patients, but also there's quite often a cost benefit. Now, you started off this chat by acknowledging the outstanding efforts of community pharmacy over the past two years. And clearly, community pharmacy has demonstrated their ability and more importantly, their willingness to do more for their patients. But how do they take that willingness and the ability and actually build it into a business plan? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there when you were describing that example about the Webster packs and the, the mailing of accounts. And so, and again, we're doing that for free and big businesses like Telstra, um, AGL, all of those type of companies, they actually charge you if you want to get a, a physical copy of your account. So why are we not doing that? <laughs> get them, move it, move it to email. Um, and yeah, of course they can still have that option if they want it, but we need to be charging for that service. And it's the same thing with deliveries as well. We are the only industry that does not charge for our deliveries so it's just insane everyone knows now like gosh the other day I ordered a coffee to be delivered to my house and I the delivery was ten dollars and the coffee itself was three dollars fifty like <laughs> it sounds insane but I was willing to pay for it and every and if anything the COVID pandemic has actually um 
yeah, been a benefit in that way that customers are, are really see the value in these things. And so, yeah, we need to start charging for these things. But as you mentioned about the community response, relying on the community pharmacy sector during the pandemic, as I mentioned, it is both a blessing and a curse. So the community now recognises us that we do so much more than that phrase that I hate, labels on a box. Um, and the government in, is also continuing to get community pharmacies to do the heavy lifting um, with COVID vaccinations, rapid antigen tests and the like. But I think we need to stop doing this for free. And we also need to think about how we can actualise this willingness to do more for our patients and community in a sustainable way. And sustainable doesn't just mean financial, but also in a way that keeps your staff and your business healthy. So again, our industry is teetering on the edge of burnout at the moment. And I've mentioned it already before, but I really need to reinforce this, that business owners really need to think about what systems and changes need to be made in order to allow their staff to thrive, um, to be balanced, feel excited about uh, and have professional satisfaction about the difference they're making to people's lives. So at the moment, I think it's a really fine line or people don't have that professional satisfaction anymore um, and, and are going through burnout. So prioritising the key asset of your staff um, in your business plans. So that's one key thing that you really need to consider is your staff. But then understanding that your pharmacy needs to be agile, constantly evolving and staying culturally relevant. Um, so if pharmacy owners just keep continue to relying on this existing business model um, of let's just keep squeezing more and more out of the existing space and the existing staff that we have with no consideration as to how that their business model may not actually be ideal for what they're trying to achieve. And it's no secret that to remain relevant and sustainable, we need revenue. I get that. <laughs> um, but when we need more income, the easiest thing that we do is just ask the government, please, they're going to have some more. Um, but again, if pharmacies aren't even utilising the money that is already on the table, why would the government want to give us more? So I know that there's some pharmacies that don't want to participate in rapid rapid antigen test um, program or child vaccinations or, or things like that. But if we don't utilise what we've got, we're not going to be able to get more. And one of the keys there is about how that may actually be the first interaction that you have with somebody in your community in that pharmacy as a business owner. The emphasis then turns into how do you leverage them into a long-term patient? Absolutely. It's the lifetime value of the customer. And what's really... Um, quite exciting about it as well, is that understanding that the things that you can do in other aspects of your pharmacy um, to streamline those processes can offset, um, I guess, the costs of doing those extra services. So, for example, yes, okay, we might only be getting $10 per test for these rapid engine tests. But again, like I said before, we're providing deliveries for free, Webster packs for free, um, sending out posts for free. We're um, signing documents for witnessing documents for free. Um, 
but yet we yeah we can't charge for services that is actually important to the pharmacy in terms of that revenue from the customer and then seeing a value of us so one thing that you can actually do to help understand what the existing revenue is currently in your pharmacy services is the guild opportunity analysis and it helps also identify the missed opportunities and so it doesn't just look at the seven cpa it looks at other services and a few other things but this is going to blow your mind the fact is that the average pharmacy is actually missing out on about $187,000 per annum of revenue that's sitting on the table. And so um, that's a significant amount of money um, that you could be getting each year into your business just by maximising what's already available. And so then once you've done the opportunity report, um, you can then also include that into your business plan. And I've mentioned the term business plan a few times today already, but a business plan doesn't need to be too hard. It doesn't have to be a 50 page document that you do once when you first purchase your pharmacy and never think about it again. It can be a living and breathing um, document. It could be just notes on your phone, but thinking about what your current situation is, where you wanna be, and then how you're going to get there. And I will also just mention um, that I was reading the NAB pharmacy report from 2021 and one in two customers are actually willing to pay for pharmacy services such as vaccinations, wound management and health screenings. So huge opportunity there for pharmacies to get on board and really invest in those services and start charging for it. I am guessing that the amount of money that you just mentioned that is left sitting on the table year after year probably made a few owners and managers listening to this episode sit up. So we better circle back around to it because as you said, that's linked to an opportunity analysis. That's something that Pharmacy Platform offers as a service, as a tool. Tell us about what the tool does a little bit more deeply and how you can then actually take those insights and put them into practice for a community pharmacy owner. So the opportunity analysis or OA, if I do use the term OA, that's what I'm talking about. Um, it's a practical way to really understand the remuneration potential that is available to your pharmacy at the moment. So it's taking that income out of seven CPA programs uh, prescription medication programs, and then also the potential for fee-for-service programs as well. So at Pharmacy Platform, the OA service is something that is really close to our hearts. It's been provided as a partnership between the Guild and us here at Pharmacy Platform since 2016. And we've been able to see over that period of time, some of the light bulb moments and the the insights some of these pharmacy owners have gained from utilising the OA, which is really exciting. And it's exciting to see you know, some of the pharmacists that we spoke to um, that did an OA in past years and then they go on to winning awards like the um, Guild Pharmacy of the Year, which is really exciting. So the OA is available to all Guild members. It's actually part of your Guild membership, so there's no cost for you to access it. And so I really it's a win-win situation. It includes the report and the report acts as a bit of a calculator for both your current and potential services income um, and then also other pharmacy targets as well. 
But what's unique is that it also includes an option for a consulting call or video chat with one of our specialist consultants. So at Pharmacy Platform, we have um, a large number of pharmacist consultants that have expertise in different areas and they're there to help interpret the report, answer any questions that you have. And so as an example of what you might get out from the OA is once you run your numbers and get your report, you might see that you're not maximising the areas that you thought you have. So some of the report discussions I've had with pharmacists, they say, oh, no, I don't need to do the OA because we're maximising everything. But doing the OA report, actually, it brings out the, um, I guess, the thorns or the cracks <laughs> um, in the pharmacy and it, it helps them just take off their rose-coloured glasses and realise that, yeah, they do have more capacity to take on more DAA patients or um, maybe your pharmacy wants to invest more heavily into the aged care sector and take on more patients that way. Um, and you're looking at yeah, putting in a robot or something like that, but where are you going to get that capital to fund it? Well, the OA can actually help you understand where you can get revenue from other areas to help fund that. Um, and so that's yeah, really quite exciting that this report is available to you for free. Um, and then once that you have the consultation part, that's where you can review your findings and then work together one-on-one to work out those priorities and the first steps about how you're actually going to achieve success. Well, you said that the post-OA report phone call is optional, so that means that not everybody goes through that step, but it's it's clearly there for a reason. Why do you think it's a valuable option for people to take up after they've completed their OA? For me, apart from the obvious, the consultant can help you interpret the report and answer any questions that you have, but the key thing is providing you with those practical takeaways and help giving you that clear direction as to where you're going to go in the future. And having that value of having the consultant, maybe even just going through and listening to what your thoughts and ideas are, perhaps it's just speaking about your challenges out loud and using the consultants as a sounding board to talk through the solutions. And what we take out from it as well is rather than numbers on a page, it's just that practical idea of how you're actually going to get that nice, maybe six-figure number um, on the bit, bit of paper into something that's actually practical um, and steps that you can actually implement today, not in 12 months' time or five years' time. So, And the feedback that we've gotten from the pharmacists that utilise the con consultation, they say that they get so much more out of the opportunity analysis report. So, of course, you don't have to. Um, it's an option. But, hey, again, it's available to you for free. And why not take the opportunity to use it? Let's start to round things out a little bit for the listeners. Chrissy Lee, what's one piece of advice that you would give to pharmacy owners right now in regards to business management and the opportunities that are there for them? The biggest thing is do a review of your digital technology and thinking about it from a consumer-facing point of view and then also an internal point of view. So thinking about, okay, how do customers interact with you? Are you online? 
Um, have you got social media? Have you got online bookings? And internally, what tasks are you wasting time on? So a really simple tip um, is just one day, just get a pen and paper and just write down everything that you do in your day. Maybe have a tally, like maybe how many times I'm going to answer the phone, that type of thing. And then at the end of the day, have a look and see where your time is spent. Um, and you'll find that probably close to 60, 70% of it is, is on administration tasks that you can actually automate. And so doing that task um, will free up time. So I don't know how many times a pharmacist answers the phone and they want to know, when are you open? <laughs> so, yeah, a simple tip is automating something like that. Um, yeah, it is really important. So I think taking a look at your digital offer. Christy Lee, great chat. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your insights and, and also your expertise around how pharmacies can take steps to plan and prepare their businesses for the year ahead. No problem. Um, I did just want to put something else out there that for those pharmacists that are attending APP in March, um, the Australasian College of Pharmacy is hosting a full day pre-conference workshop on this very topic. And so I'll be hosting that workshop alongside Michelle, the ACP uh, president, and we can actually help give you practical tips and workshop um, these strategies during that day. Outstanding. Sounds like a great opportunity. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you so much. What a great discussion. The pandemic has certainly challenged us all over the past 24 months, but what COVID has highlighted is community pharmacy strength. So ability, accessibility, agility, and ultimately the willingness to step up and serve the needs of all Australians. To continue to be able to provide services to their patients, pharmacy owners and their teams need their businesses to be robust, through clear planning, strategy and review. As Christy Lee mentioned, if you're looking for some insight into opportunities available to your business, Guild members can take advantage of a free opportunity analysis by visiting guild.org.au. For non-Guild members, please reach out to your local Guild, state or territory branch to discuss the benefits of Guild membership. We also mentioned the Guild's centenary framework for change growth pathways. And to access this document, please visit Guild org.au forward slash about hyphen us forward slash community hyphen pharmacy hyphen two zero two five forward slash framework. I've been your host Daniel Oyston and you've been listening to episode 89 of the PBCN podcast. The PBCN podcast supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.